Hello and welcome back to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we are joined once again by Scott McGee. And I, I say once again, because there was once one other time we were joined by Scott McGee. Uh, you old timers out there and, and, you know, some of you back catalog, like completionist. I know there's a few of you. Um, you might know that Scott helped me kick off this podcast. He was on the uh, very first episode, zero, zero, one. He was starting a, a small concern, uh, known, uh, as a uh, twisted branch hunter K hadn't even directed his first race at that point. Just a little guy with big dreams. Uh, and since, you know, this is sort of like the beginning. Uh, maybe you haven't noticed, but like there's not been a lot of running inside out episodes recently. So, you know, um, this is sort of like, uh, kicking it off again. And who better to have, uh, on than Scott, you know? So I'll just say if this popped up in your podcast player, like the day it was released because you were still subscribed to this dead podcast, uh, Thanks for keeping the faith. You know, it means a lot. But anyway, uh, Scott is a man who can move logistical mountains and uh, manifest complicated commercial, social, societal endeavors uh, into being, you know, with merely the twitch of his eyebrow. Mm. It, that's true. It's really true. Um, it's been eight long years uh, since he shared his secrets on the podcast, and it's about time he... Uh, Gives a few up that he's learned since then. So let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. Hey, Scott. Hey, Chris. It's not often that people have to listen to the intro, um, but that used to be that way in the olden days. We're taking it back. Throwback, you know? So yeah. now you got to listen. You got to listen to me summarize, you know? All those, all those t things about you. So, is it is it true that it's merely the the twitching of an eyebrow? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, no, rarely does it feel that uh, easy. I guess I'll say it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, well, I say that, but you know, um, as much work, effort, thought, all that that goes into it, I always feel like. Uh, there's just an army of people somewhere behind the scenes willing to make it happen with me, for me, uh, for the race, for the community, for that neighborhood, whatever it might be. So, um, you know, I just come up with the ideas and start pitching them around and all of a sudden there they are. So, you know, yeah. I feel it's that I dream of Jeannie thing where she winks and the thing happens. It's, it might look like that, but it doesn't feel like that most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one day, two days a year, right? You know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, the race, uh, I, I would break the race up into those two days, the weekend for sure. <laughs> and then there's probably the month of August. That whole month is another animal. And then there's, you know, the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, there's the day after the race up to, you know, July. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I think. You know, Twisted Branch obviously is, there's, there's a lot to talk about. 
Um, and so, and especially since we talked about it last time, Ooh, boy, I went back and listened to that old episode, man. It's a, it's literally a time capsule. It's great. Um, but I think we might maybe we save that, uh, for the end. I think, I think one, let's, let's chat a little bit about, you know, just you in general and your running and, and like, you know, that stuff. And then, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming race and then, you know, the big, the big daddy. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So for those that don't really know much about you, you know, beyond Scott's the race director of Twisted Branch 100K, um, give us that, uh, give us that nickel tour of your, of your running or how you came to the point of, I think it's a great idea to become the race director of Twisted Branch. Hmm. Uh, yeah, even so I, uh, I've been running trails since I started cross country in high school, actually. Uh, I had aged out of playing travel hockey. I was sort of 18, couldn't play the, the travel hockey anymore. And I was, uh, I, I was late for a chemistry lab. So I was sitting in the back of the room finishing my lab and the chem teacher happens to be the cross country coach at my high school. And so they were passing sign up forms back and I just, somebody put one on my desk. So I signed up for cross country. That was how I decided to start running. Um, and so I ran the cross country team. I did, and I was never in the top five, but I always enjoyed it. It was always a good, I was like, I love the meets and all that. Um, but in my training for cross country is what started getting me out and around all the places I like to just go explore in the woods. So it was fun to run and explore and do it that way. And so it kind of just stuck with me, but it wasn't until much, much later where I had decided to run like a turkey trot out of the blue and I was suffering to do the, what was it? The three mile turkey trot in Webster. Was it, or was it the 2.2 in Webster? I think at the time it was, a it was small back then. Uh, so then I was like, all right, now I need to actually get back into shape. I was in terrible shape and you know, really the rest is history. I just got hooked and started running. Um, I think the muddy sneaker was a huge influence on me. Um, like as far as how steep and how big and how, you know, deep into the woods and how lost can you get mentally, physically, you know, all that, um, you know, and that was sort of where I started to catch wind of some ultra running that was going on in the country. You know, the things like this podcast, things like I run far thing, you know, you start hearing about it, reading about it. And it was just all new to me. Um, and then I ended up, uh, so I ended up doing some exploring on the Finger Lakes trails, uh, which I'd always done. It was always part of my childhood. I had, somebody had given me a, a map of the, of the Bristol Hill branch trail way back when. So I don't know. It was, uh, I think it was somewhere between watching, uh, unbreakable on DVD at the time. Um, and having this trail that I love out there in the backyard and seeing this sort of like growing sport of running and my interest in it. Um, it just, I don't know. I just felt like it was time to kind of bring a race like that here. Uh, again, there were a few people in the community that were like, yeah, you should totally do that. Right. I, I was totally <laughs> encouraged to do it, not knowing really anything about it. But, um, I remember being in Disney world, if that's the one in Florida, um, I was at Disney world. My daughter had double ear infection. We were stuck in the hotel, but I brought my FLT map with me. And I, I, I still have the piece of paper. I was penciling out where all the aid stations can be and the distances. And that was sort of like how I, I had some extra time. And so I did all that <laughs> planning there in Disney World. And 
brought that back to the FLT and that's really where it started. And that was way back when in March, I think it was like St. Patrick's Day or something when I first talked to Dick Hubbard, who was the executive director at the time of FLT. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, it was really just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, there was, there's, I, re- I remember there's certain parts of the movie Unbreakable where there are these like community groups of people in the community waiting for these runners to come in. They're talking about it the way, you know, the way you hear people talking about the, the Bills Cincinnati game coming up, right? They're strategizing about who's in the lead and who this guy is and who that guy is. And, um, you know, like that to me was what I had envisioned for Bud Valley. I wanted this like community of runners and non-runners to just all get glom together and get excited about what's going out on the trail. Um, and then, you know, have it be the Finger Lakes trail. So, um, yeah, I, I answer for you. I like a double ear infection, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You know, my kid, every time we traveled anywhere, it was like somebody was teething, somebody had a double ear infection. Like we, we always had all the luck. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's like a, there's like a metaphor, right? Like, uh, Twisted Branch is both a vacation and suffering, you know? It's kind of right. like... Right. I'm relaxing. both. We're relaxing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great... I paid for this. This is a great time. <laughs> oh, at the time, it, I did it. I think I had... Uh, so I had, obviously, before I decided to really put the race on, I ran a version of the Twisted Branch twice, not anywhere near what, you know, the final course looks like today. Um, first to just see if I could do it. But as I was doing it, it was sort of embedding it into my brain. Like, how cool would this be? Um, and then the second year I did it again in that year, it was definitely, I'm doing this to really feel like if this could be a race. Um, but again, I had never signed up or towed the line at an ultra. This is just me fooling around in the woods by myself, you know, with like these visions in my head. Um, I did run the 50 miler at Virgil Crest and that was my official first ultra experience but you know I, as a race director or soon to be race director that i didn't learn anything like my you know when you're running a 50 miler i especially your first you're not uh i don't know i wasn't being observant in that way so <laughs> um, okay i wasn't being observant in that way yeah you were you weren't I guess one of the things that sticks out about Twisted Branch is it might be inspired by, you know, um, some races, but it doesn't feel like it was, I don't know why to, it doesn't feel like it was set up to be a race. Like mm-hmm. all, all the aid stations are different, right? None of, there's nothing like standard about one aid station to another. It's like, uh, this was a good flat spot where this road crossed this road. And so it's probably the right time because it's got five more miles in of uh, backwoods. And so like, yeah, we'll put an aid station here. You know, some of them are well-placed, obviously, like take advantage of Naples, uh, the start and the end. But a lot of it feels like, ah, this is, a, this is where I stopped. <laughs> this is where I stashed a cooler. And so now this is an aid station. So the, the aid stations were initially as I was mapping them out, uh, on Florida and, and when I was in Florida that time and I, but there was really just guesswork and it was really a, a series of calls with the FLT 
uh, specifically Donna Nowhere, who knew, if you know Donna, she's the regional trail coordinator. So she coordinates everything that goes on on that trail for the Finger Lakes organization. And she knows every single human being on, like she just knows everybody. Um, and she knows their brother, their dad, and when he moved and when they died, at least she just knows the history. And so she was the one that actually, um, it's again, somebody else that has no idea what an ultra was or is, um, had a lot of patience with me and really helped me try to design like where, and that's kind of like where patch road came about and like all, all these little, so it was really just, um, I don't know, just happenstance. Like it was just what ended up working out, you know, and, and now eight years in where we would like to make an adjustment, maybe here or there. It's almost like there is no other spot that makes sense except for that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know that I could re-envision it another way. You know, we've tried in a few cases to rethink things and it's, uh, it's really tricky. There's not a ton of options. So it's, uh, in a way it's like, it just, it was like a very, it was like a perfect, you know, 65 mile trail race. But yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, but you were thinking about it all the time you know you were in it and you were like it was in your brain and like yeah you took the map with you to florida for you know like yeah <laughs> so you were thinking about it all the time and you know and you mentioned you know this is eight years ago 2015 there was a lot of there was a lot of social media activity in 2012 2013 you know around those times there was a lot of positive social media activity, you know, way back when the internet was good, you know, (laughs) but no, there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of positive activity happening and a lot of groups forming spontaneously, right? Like I decided, I decided to do a podcast that year. That's that same year. Well, you were probably down in Florida. I'm talking to people about possible domain names and, you know, I'm getting, uh, a bank account set up for the podcast so it could be a separate business because that felt like the right thing to do. Like I got a, I got a tax ID number for it. Like I was doing all of that because like I was thinking about it all the time. It was part of running. Like I, I was half the podcasts I listened to were about how to make a podcast, you know, because I, and then there were all these groups and I was like all these people can be on this podcast and it'll be like share, making part of the stew, right? Like add it in. I see a thing that I can add to this community. Exactly. Right. Yep. And I like, yeah, let me start a, a podcast business real quick and, you know, and then make them and ask people to come and, you know, but it happened. And like now, I, you know, and for a while it picked up a lot of steam and it rolled pretty hard. And, but then like I look at now and, you know, I haven't done a podcast in six months and a lot of reasons why, right? Like maybe I'm not running as much. Maybe I'm doing a whole lot more work. Kids are at a different age. There's, I don't know if you know, there's not a lot of positive social media activity happening. I don't know. To me, there isn't. And so like, I'm offline. I'm not at all the group runs. I'm not in all the things. I, I mean, I know to an extent they're there, but I'm not like eating, sleeping, drinking, breathing it. It's not just roll into this thing anymore. And, um, 
what's interesting to me is I, I think you and I share a lot of those similarities because you're also not like in the thick of things anymore, right? No, no. Well, I mean, I'll still have like Laura Howard, who obviously helps a ton out with the race every year and has for many years came up to me. We were talking a couple weeks ago and she's like, there's people that still don't even know who you are, right? Like, and that's how detached I feel, I think, from the greater running community, right? Or I'll, I'll show up to, uh, you know, White and Mosquito, right? And, and the Blue, the Blue Foundation guys, they recognize me, but really nobody else does unless I run in with to you or, or somebody like, you know, Laura Howard. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely resonate with that. So when you're thinking, so the race doesn't happen one day a year, Twisted Branch. And soon we're, we'll talk about Frozen Branch coming up soon. Go to Ultra Sign Up and find it. Um, but uh, coming up soon, those don't happen once a year. You're doing that work still. You're doing the work all year long. We talked about how you would break the race up. Yep. How? Uh, <laughs> how? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been... Uh... It's interesting. I think the, the, those two days, I think set the tone for every other day of the year as almost how I'd like to say it. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, you're talking about taking the podcast off for, you know, a couple of months, right? And, um, when we canceled Twisted in 2020 for COVID, um, so we went and planned, you know, 2019 happens and then we went probably 85% planned, ready to go for 2020 before we decided to cancel. And then, of course, you go all the way to 2021 before you're back out under the arch saying, let's go and do this. And that was uh, that was a hard span of time for me because the payback for me are those two days. Like when all the feels come back uh, from like working with you guys uh, or everybody that helps put the race on and all the volunteers, but all the runners. And so to not have that feedback in that gap is really difficult. Um, and so I would say like 2021 as an example was the hardest twisted branch to put on to date. Um, I think COVID made us relook at a lot of things. We changed a lot of things. We had lost our muscle memory, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, of just, you know, oh, I used to just, we used to just pull this race off, you know, after year six or seven, right. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, that was really difficult. And so I guess when I look at, you know, what do I do immediately after the race? I try to soak it up for a couple of days, but it's, it's typically, um, you know, immediately we're talking to some of the towns and municipalities to rebook things, uh, to talk even almost at a political level about how the race is bringing tourism to certain areas that really love it and embrace it. And they want us to continue to help them with those efforts. Um, it usually by late September, October, we're talking with sponsorships again. Um, and then usually the whole fall, you know, we're spending talking about retrospective, like what went well, what worked, what should we do? What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? And that, and then that's just sort of 20, you know, the last race that we did, it's been digested, you know, and then we get into the new year and now, you know, it's January. So it's permit time. It's, you know, it's insurance time. It's, it's going through all the motions there, but, uh, you know, trying to make all those adjustments that we, we felt and pain on from the year before. And yeah, so it's, it really is never ending. It's, you know, we're, there's, there's a bunch of twisted branch work in January, February, March, right up till May when our last permits do. 
Um, and then, you know, in the meantime, we're talking to runners and dealing with registrations and cancellations and deferrals and all that. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, I wouldn't call it a full-time job, but it's definitely a pretty decent part-time job as far as number of hours it takes every month, every week, you know, all year round. Right. But your, your comment that sort of resonates with me is, yeah, all the planning happened, uh, you know, and, and. I was in those meetings. I know that we were basically making two plans each time. Yeah. Right. We were, we were planning for what if we had a regular race and then what if we have a weird COVID race? Yeah. Yep. Right. And, and like, so, and we did, we planned all the way up and I know for the amount of meetings that I was in and what I did, you were doing four or five X that amount more. Um, but when the race was canceled, the next day was not start planning again. Right. The next day, right? It was gone. And what I, I remember talking to the goose guys and saying like, when those races left, that time doesn't stay reserved for the races to come back into your life. Right. 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 That, that time that, that gets, you know, <laughs> dispersed uh to an extra an extra chat with your daughter before they go to school um maybe a coffee out with your wife like maybe a whole room remodel who knows whatever but it gets sprinkled out into the world and then when you want to do it again when you want to put that thing back into your life you gotta carve it all out again it's not there anymore you know i always make the joke that like i have a beard because i have twins that time of shaving was left <laughs> 10 years 12 years ago that i don't have that time in my life anymore so that's what amazes me is that you still it's there every day you, that time you figured out how to go like okay squeeze twisted move over bacon <laughs> you know here's yeah. twisted branch again yeah. And I think especially coming out of that COVID year into 2021, it wasn't real clear which version of the race, the weird COVID one or the regular one or some hybrid of it was going to come out of it. And so that one in particular was extremely hard. And I think from a personal, from my personal life, I was also going through massive professional work life changes at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's when, uh, right at, uh, it was early 2020 or actually it was late 19 that I had quit my previous job. And then in 2020, I was in the process of starting a new startup. So while that was, while that was cooking and trying to be dreamt up and created, it was also this really weird, awkward, twisted time at the same time. So it was definitely, uh, the most sort of difficult period of time in the twisted branch. But, you know, I think, you know, 2021 being as hard as it was, um, it made me, you know, and this is where it, I think I've found more than just those two days, or maybe it really is still just those two days that I love so much. And it's not even those two days. I like the whole week leading into it. I like the course marking and the cleanup. I like everything post-race. It's really like about a 10 day window. That's just, I love it. I have so much fun. Um, but I think that's it is, is if I'm going to do all this, if I'm going to find that those hours of the day to squeeze out time to make this happen. Um, I want to make that those 10 days the most fun for me personally, for everybody that volunteers next 
and sort of the runners last, right? Because I think if I'm having a good time, um, then my creative juices are flowing. I'm passionate. I'm going to put things together and make them happen. And volunteers are going to have a good time. And if all of that happens, it's sort of like that field of dreams, right? If we build that, then everybody's going to come and it'll be fine because, and I've said this a long, a lot of times, right? Where I can do the paperwork and get things to happen. But ultimately when I say go, I think the experience that runners have is on the trail, which is all the volunteer work that happens all year long. And then it's all the volunteers they meet along the way doing the timing and the pouring and the feeding and the sitting and, you know, all the stuff that goes on that, you know, we don't dictate any of that. That's just our running community, just jumping in and doing the right thing always, you know, and that's what makes this, I think, event for me, just it, you know, I get chills just talking about it because it's, uh, you know, I'm not integrated. So it's like, it doesn't even feel like it's for me. Like they're doing it for the race or for the trail or for these people that have either trained really hard or traveled very far. So, um, so yeah, so that's my job. My job is to just not sort of lose the love behind it to, to make that happen. And if I think, and that's how I, and I think that's how we approached post 2021. Right. And I think last year's event was probably the most fun we've had, uh, putting on a race. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, adapted over the years. Cause yes, you know, my, I've got one kid in college, one's a junior in high school. Um, you know, so it's, it's, there's been a lot of those, uh, how do I find time for anything anymore? You know? Yeah. But it, it manages to, to stay there, which is, you know, and, and I think there is a, there is a thing about momentum there. There really is right. When you're doing a thing, you can keep doing the thing. And, yeah, um, motion stays in motion, right? Sure. <laughs> right, exactly. Unless it unless it reaches Newton Road climb, in which case that object may tend to think about its life choices. You know? Yeah, but then you're in Mitchellsville and then it's what two point eight <laughs> miles to Urbana and that's it. And you just gotta and go it's, for Mount Washington. It's easy. And then it's just a it's just a a five K. Right. And then another five K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that the momentum thing is great. And um, I wonder, you know, that we transition here to talk a little bit about the, the little, the little brother and little cousin, mm. the little branch, the frozen branch right. um, that, you know, I do think to me, that is sort of like a love letter to twisted branch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it really, it's like, you know what? Um, what, hey, it's been half a year. Let's go, you know, let's, we'll get back together again. We'll see if you still like me and I still like you and we'll go visit it in a different and more interesting and unusual sort of way. Yeah. Well, and from my perspective, well, obviously the, you know, where that race gets born from um, was so that I could run it the first year, right? Selfishly, <laughs> needfully. Um to not waste all that training. And, um, and so, but the, for me that I think the frozen branch is just that like it's, uh, but I think it's so much smaller and more intimate that I get to experience a whole lot more of it. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think from a twisted branch perspective, I don't experience much of the race that day. Um, you know, I'm frantically going through all the aid stations, trying to get to the finish line. And then I'm usually at the finish line for a good solid, what, 18 or 20 hours. Um, so I miss most of what happens out on course. And I think that's what I like about frozen so much is that I get to, I get to be out there and see it, uh, and even run it one time. So, yeah. Right. So the first friend, so for, for the uninitiated, 
Frozen Branch, uh, the first Frozen Branch started at Bean Station Road, right? Which is like mile 46 yep, think so. of the race. Um, and it ran from there to Urbana Town Hall in, in the winter. So this is February. Um, and uh, it ran to Urbana Town Hall and, and back. At least most of the people were supposed to run back. Scott didn't know that it was it was really only going to be him and Sam that were actually going to run a 50k the first year. Somebody else turned around, but they quit right at Mitchellsville Road. They soon yeah, it was they really done. It was Ron. I think that was Prem. Oh, I think right. oh, was it Ron and Prem? Maybe maybe it was both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so that was the first year, um, which was great. It was a lot of fun. We had tepid chili. It was awesome. Um, and then. After that, and for the after, record, you know, Sam pulled me through that. If I was, if Sam had quit, I, I don't know that I would have. It was awful, awful. Well, we were running in foot deep, fresh powder. Yeah, you know, up and down the end of the twisted branch course, and not all of us brought snowshoes. No, yeah, no, so we weren't in snowshoes at all. <laughs> so is you know, there's a, it was it was great. Um. And then, uh, the second year, some logistics, you know, some things were thought about. There became a 25K and a 50K. <laughs> yep. If people are going to stop, we might as well plan on it. Right. Yep. Um, and then that year, after the second year, but maybe you would say it might even be the first year, we were at Twisted Branch at the finish line of Twisted Branch. And people were asking us if Frozen Branch was going to happen again the next yep. year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and you know, uh, really? Right. You know, and we didn't mean for it to be anything, you know, like it was just, like you said, just like, uh, let's go out and have some fun on the course again, right? Not overthink anything. Um, so, yeah. There was one aid station. Yeah. There's just the one <laughs> at Lake David or, you know, at the bottom of the Lake David Hill. In year one, it was just my unlocked truck. There was nobody there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got like Shay Coleman out there with her unicorn outfit, you know, playing music yeah. and dancing. And yeah. So yeah, right. it kind of, so, it kind of escalated, right? Um, quickly. Yeah. 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 And so when we, we changed the direction of the race, now you start at Urbana, go out to the shelter and come back to Urbana. Back. Um, yeah. All selfish moves there just to try to make the day more manageable and logistically it's it's better yeah and so we'll do that again this year um but we're making a bunch of other changes so um but again just all based on selfish fun like what can we do to make it a good day for anybody that wants to just come and hang out help out or run the race like it's all just about you know what can we do to make so it now there's there's a relay this year in addition to the 50k right yeah so no more 25ks it's going to be either Basically, either you are running the 50K or your team is running the 50K, um, which will help us in a lot of different ways. But uh, I kind of like the idea and uh, it should be fun. Yeah. It's nothing, you know, nothing about running a, <laughs> we're going to run a point to point race in the winter and we're going to have two finish lines on our point to point race. <laughs> right. Right. And we've had some better cold and snow. Like it's, it's always been a, a winter race. So we'll see. We'll see what this year. Yeah. It's good to only have one finish line though this year. Simplify. Things. Yeah. 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 But you know, frozen branch doesn't happen every year. 
Yeah. So we somehow we pulled it off in 2020. Um, probably it was early enough. Mo- it went, well, late February. So maybe just a couple of weeks before the world got shut down through COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did not do it in 2021 or 2022. So 2021 things were still not normalized. And so we just did, you know, we, we had just canceled Twisted Branch. And so it made sense. Uh, last year, it was really, it was one of those uh, beard shaving moments, right? We just, mm-hmm. there just wasn't room for Twisted Branch last, or Frozen Branch last year um, for us, I think. And so I, so it, I think at this point, um, we'll see, we'll see the fun that happens here in the, in the race this year. But I, I expect uh, Frozen Branch is back at this point. But it will always be, we're going to announce it a couple of weeks before the race. It'll be a little bit of uh, flying by the seat of our pants uh, because I already planned something for 12 months and it's really complex and all that. So it's kind of fun to just plan something not so well planned out, you know, just simple and fun. Playing cards though. That was an interesting wrinkle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, that came from, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm never, I'm a medal guy. Like I just never, you'll never come to a race that I'll direct and you're not going to get a medal that says I ran the race. Like it's just, so I always like to think of other things that are more useful and functional and every day. It's why we do the mugs at Twisted um, and the playing cards. But once I had the playing cards, that's, uh, that's where the idea came from to uh, help us with timing, I guess. It, I know it doesn't make any real sense, but that was kind of the idea. So yeah, you start with the, uh, you start with playing card and you got to go, what is it? You got to go get the other playing card. You got to get the matching playing card. So instead of a bib, you, you're carrying a, a playing card, a jack of hearts. And you get to the turnaround, you pick up a matching jack of hearts and come back with that. And that's how I know you made it to the turnaround point. So it's a little bit of, uh, you know, stealing from Barclays, you know, pages of the books, uh, kind of concept, but, uh, we, we liked it. It will, it will be back again this year. So. Well, and at the end of the race, then you have 54 playing cards, which is just, it always bought, because I didn't throw away the other two, right? I Now I have 54 cards. Yeah. It's a real problem to have, <laughs> especially when you keep forgetting you have 54 playing cards. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's no real easy way to write, you know, in a timing system, since we don't have bib numbers, nobody's entering the jack of hearts into a timing system. We haven't hinted <laughs> that. So it's all paper well, pencil and well, interestingly, Western States still sticks around with their playing card system for picking those mm. the lottery winners and oh, right. I, I still don't understand that system. So yeah. Yeah, but I can so, understand why you carry stuff like that forward. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. The the stupid ideas that you like. I don't know. Nostalgia. Yeah, and the weird oh yeah, exactly. And the the weird consequences that come about as a result of them, you know, like that's fun too. Yeah. So Frozen Branch, you announced it. It's coming up soon. Um is it sold out? So too late for suckers. No, it uh <laughs> registration opens this Friday night. Uh ah. and there so are, there are twenty spots for fifty K and there are twenty teams available. So that is um, two days from now. So that's January twentieth. We're we're letting the we're letting the cat out of the bag, the genie out of the bottle when this is recorded because it won't be out by Friday. Come on, let's be honest here. Right, right. Um, I think it'll be out by. My goal is 
to record on Wednesdays and release on Mondays. Okay. Well, and I don't need that much time, right? But to have that much time, you know, that means I'll find the time. <laughs> I think the interesting thing part about the relay is going to be, because uh, the way it's set up is the captain will sign up for the relay. So there's not individual signups for teams. So I think it's going to kind of force people to kind of start talking to each other and I'll generate conversation as opposed to individual signups. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we will be out there if five people show up, you know, or if it's, you know, like yeah. and I being the only finishers again, that's, we are totally fine with hanging out in the snow all day. For I finished the 25K. Right. <laughs> there were a lot of us that finished the 25K. Yeah, no, the finish, you just did. the finishing numbers you went did. from like two to like 25 to like 45. Like people are out there finishing now. So it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, now that there's an aid station and such, you know. That's what people need. People need more aid stations, Scott. Yeah, the more of them. I don't know if we'll have <laughs> but we'll have some real food. We'll do our normal thing. No, it'll be fun. Yeah, I'll always. Um, so that leads to you. You, how's your running going? Are you running lately? Are you going to be running the Twisted Branch course? So. I, my, my running goes back to Georgia death race. So 2018, um, which was probably like the best day of running I ever had. Uh, just everything went my way. And I came back from that, ran the muddy sneaker and was totally burned out physically, mentally, everything. Like I, I didn't realize it until I was, you know, finishing the race at money sneaker. And I have been, so what's that almost like four and a half years now? Uh, or going on almost five. And I have been on this cycle of ramping up to training for stuff, signing up for things, um, and then crashing and burning, mostly physical injuries. So left foot, uh, calves and right hip kind of issues. Um, and so I've been, I would train five, six, 10 weeks. I would feel like I'm getting really strong. Um, and what would happen is the physical side of me, I would actually start skipping runs. Like I wouldn't want to go run couldn't move well, wasn't enjoying it. Um, but then I started to not feel good about missing runs. So it was like this, it was like I was trapped by running was making me feel not good. So if I did run, I didn't feel good about it. And if I didn't run, I'd feel bad about it. And then I'd get out of shape and then I'd feel bad about it. And so like running equaled feeling bad, except for I love running, you know? And so I didn't want to, um, you know, I didn't want that to be the end. And so where I'm at now is, uh, I found, uh, through actually one of the runners, JT at the Twisted Branch, the, was it the Mathetone method, right? I think I'm saying that right. And I've been Mathetone. Mathetone. Yeah. So I've been doing that now for a while. Um, I guess I started that back in November, um, which is basically the concept is just super low rate, uh, heart rate type activity, uh, as almost as often as you can. And so, um, that's kind of where I've been at. So I'm doing maybe one legitimate run a week, but everything else is, you know, zone one efforts. Um, and so far, and I've incorporated a lot more weightlifting and, uh, like yoga movement, um, into my routines. So it still feels like I am in terrible shape because I'm not kind of putting all these miles out on the trail. Um, and I'm getting really sick of my treadmill, but the treadmill is great for, uh, getting that heart rate that I, the exact heart rate I want, I can ramp it up and hit the speed I want. And it's just perfect. So, um, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at and I'm 
probably going to try to sign up for the money sneaker and go suffer out there just to go have fun and, and, and do that. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I still have aspirations of doing some long stuff. I, I'm very envious of other runners that I see doing things like Jamie Hobbs or that I, I would love to, I, I shop for races and I shop for ultras all the time. Um, but you know, to me, I want to get there sustainably. I, I think I did, I think I pulled off the Georgia death race more than I did it in kind of a sustainable way. Um, and so, you know, I'm 47 now. I think I've got a couple of years left if I do this right. So that's my plan. But yeah, I haven't been, I haven't done any group runs, any, uh, run adventures that I get invited on. Um, but, um, so yeah, so I've definitely been, like you kind of mentioned, it's just been totally out of the running sort of community race wise. I've been doing way more volunteering the last year and a half, which has been really fun. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm still working on it. We'll see. We'll see how the, the methadone method works for me. The methadone. The methadone. Methadone. Yeah. I remember after Twisted, we, we were talking about that and you said, I'm going to be really patient with it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to be super patient because we talked about how people are like, I'm going to be super patient. And then a month later, they're like, mm. well, and then two months and then yeah, three I, months. I met uh, probably five people that said just that. They're like, I got to like that point and then I'm like, screw it. I'm going back the way I used to do it. And I had sort of been through my fail cycle so many times that like nothing could be more frustrating than hating running or hating how I feel about running. Like didn't make any sense to me. Uh, so yeah, so I've, I'm, I'm pretty motivated. So I'm still feeling that way. Like I haven't burned out from it. Um, you know, and I think from a personal life, it, it also uh, is great to not be completely burned out after a super long run on a Saturday, like the way I was, uh, because just daughter going to college, business in personal life, ebbing and flowing, like it's been uh, in Twisted Branch ramping back up, introducing Frozen Branch back up. Um, like it actually has been a better balance overall for me. So hopefully it also provides some sustainability for me and gets me under my, you know, some gets my legs back under my feet and gets me back on the trail soon. So right. that's the plan. What's the plan? Yeah. Well, hopefully it's been out a couple times this year. You've pulled off more difficult things than walking slowly. So, <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think, uh, JT was the one that forwarded to me too, but you, uh, J uh, Killian had just done a podcast. I'm not going to remember the guy's name. It was a sit down before hard rock. And somewhere in that interview, he's talking about just, you know, what's your advice for the most average runner? And Killian's like, slow, just go slow, go slow. Have you, you know, have you thought about going slow? Like he keeps on saying it, but then it was, you know, when JT forwarded me his 2022 training data and you see that 85% of his runs were in zone one or zone two, it was kind of, it really hit home for me that, you know, obviously, you know, his zone one is like a sprint. But the, his point it not being lost on me, right? That, you know, I should be spending way more time in zone one, zone two, and not all of my time in zone five. And I don't think that's for everybody, <laughs> but like for me, when I spend most of my time in four and five, that is why I feel so burned out, you know, after four or five weeks, that is that I'm just, it doesn't work for me. So we'll see, see how I do, but I'm feeling good physically. I don't feel injuries, my hip, my calves, like everything is. You know, and, but again, I'm 47. So like, I'm also, I'm willing to, <laughs> I'm willing to, accept it. nothing yeah. is going to, I'm never going to feel 20 out there running again. So that's okay. It, 
it doesn't hurt dramatically more than it did. It's not getting <laughs> a couple like hours. That. Yeah, a couple hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I did um, a little bit of back to back to roots as well. I uh, I signed up for a um, twice a week, twelve weeks uh, strength and conditioning program. Like, just go do the thing, you know, and do it twice a week and pay for it so that you actually go and do it and yeah. you know like um the basics like right if you if you want to if you want to do a thing you need to have some stakes it needs to be meaningful in some way yep. you know you have to like so we'll see what what that does and in terms of generating momentum and you know um getting the inertia going in that direction instead of the other direction, you know? Yep. Yep. I know. I, so, and that's kind of where I'm like, every time I would slow down and stop, it would, it would, there'd be like a giant pause and getting out of that was yeah almost impossible. And so that's kind of where I think there's been one nice thing has been the consistency is there. Without, yeah. Without three, four. Go ahead. I was going to say three, four weeks on six, eight weeks off, right. you know, and, yeah. and loathing, loathing all eight weeks because you had two runs somewhere in there. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So we'll see. <sighs> we were watching all right. Western States lottery, right? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just so easy for me to get that itch to get out there again. So, yeah. So, um, us aside, we're not signing up and running Twisted Branch, but, um, if people were to have signed up for Twisted Branch, they should probably be further along in their strength and conditioning plan than we are. Wouldn't you say? I would say yes. Yeah. I'd be starting with a really nice solid base and looking at the next four or five months about how to ramp up. And yeah. 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 I remember when I first signed up, uh, it was like, you know, the first week of November, or first week of December, I signed up. It wasn't Black Friday, but it was like the first week of December. And I remember being like, I need to get to, I got a lot of work to do, which was like, I need to get going. Uh, but then realizing like, it's a still a long way away. It's still nine months away. You know, like you could easily, um, be uh the next three or four months off you could convince yourself and be like look i've run i got a decent base like i've run and i'll start in april you know the snow will melt and i'll get on the trails in april and then you get on the trails but there's a race called muddy sneaker for a reason yeah the trails are muddy april and may so then you think uh you know they'll be dry you get to june and you're like oh boy it's june already Twisted branches in two months, right? Like it, it, it is January, but the schedule can get away from you really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, and I, I think what I, from my perspective is like, you, you don't want to neglect that because I think the better trained you are, even just time on feet alone, like maybe not even speed or, you know, whatever personal record you're setting out to try to do. I think it's, um, I just want to see people having fun out there. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's fun to watch people having fun with the race. Um, and then there's fun to watch people make the race look easy, which is another whole thing that happens. 
which is just out of blows my mind. Frustrating. Yeah. Frustratingly oh, I, I amazing. It. I love it because. No, I mean, I, I do too, but it's like, wow. All right. Right. Wow. Right. <laughs> Nonchalantly just. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, but I also love the, you know, the, the rallies that happen out there, um, as well. So it's, but yeah, no, I think the, the training is a huge part. And I think this is how we go through so much churn, um, is somewhere around June is where we start to get, uh, the wait list. We go like, it's almost inevitable that, you know, somewhere around June to early July, the wait list completely flips. Uh, because anybody that has like, I just haven't had a good training and my, my, my toenails wiggly, like anything about anything will start to get uh, pretty gun shy about starting the race. And so it, it, that's another whole part of it. There is just trying to manage the, getting the participants kind of shuffled around and deferred to the next year and all that. Yeah, that's, and so in terms of training, but also in terms of planning, it can get away if you're not on it every day. I mean, you were talking about these insurances are due this month. These are due this month, right? Permits are starting the now and yeah. right have to be done by May and USATF and et cetera, right? And yep. yep. Well, and there's a lot of runner communication, volunteer communication. Every year there's always changes. So there's a lot of documentation, sharing, communication, managing, recruiting. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's never ending. Um, Going out and finding the course again. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's always some trail maintenance going on as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's very easy to let the schedule get away, even for me. So yeah, but I still think I have the easier part of the job on that on that day. But I lose a lot of sleep. So, so I do want to like again give it its sort of due. Assuming it's a little bit weird, but I always have to remember that every day there's somebody that's born that hasn't seen Saved by the Bell. So, um, Twisted Branch. Our favorite uh, friend we've just been talking about. It's a 100K trail race. It starts in Ontario County Park. Mm -hmm. Top of the world, right? Top of Ontario County. Yep. And runs down to the foot of Cuca Lake in Hammondsport, New York. All right. That's, that's, the, that's the long and the short of it. Yep. <laughs> through uh, Naples and through Prattsburgh and, you know, down into the valley, I guess. Um, 64 ish miles. Um, lots and lots over 90% is trail. Maybe, maybe about 10% roads. Okay. Yeah. So the, you know, I think the, the, the course actually, when you look at the profile of the course, I think you see the big drops and climbs early in the race, you know, probably up to probably what mile, 20 ish 25 maybe even um but i actually think that's the most straightforward part of the race of your day um and then you know so that takes you probably through italy italy valley into the turnpike and then you get to uh the lab um which is the, the italy turnpike there and that's where things get i think that's where things get really interesting it's where you kind of get into some lesser traveled trails things are a little bit more unforgiving um, you're in the middle of nowhere now for sure. Um, and it, it's a grind to get from aid station five through aid station six to aid station seven. And I think that's where we see most of our, uh, our drops, um, is by then. So what, by the time you get to Bud Valley, now known as the Finger Lakes campground, uh, that's when we, um, 
you know, that's what, that to me, if you can get there with legs, if you can get there with a fresh mind and, you know, still feeling good, you've got a excellent, excellent chance of having a great day at the race. But yeah. Yeah. And it's always interesting. Oh, uh, so the, we were joking about the people that were running this should be training now, you know, working at it. But in, in reality, like having that good, solid base, just reasonable, good training, hiking legs, right? Like the idea that you can do things all day, like that stuff. If you have that, that's what's going to get you having fun, like after Bud Valley, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, I had a coach, Chris Dunn, um, ascend training that helped me get through Georgia death race. And, you know, that was just having that just, I mean, unbelievable hiking speed with like a happy mind, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm hiking. Like I was cruising. Uh, and it allowed me to just put, leave so much in the tank for the second half of the race. Um, and the strategy I had been given by people like Abby, um, or Jason Vidmar was, uh, was to have that and like to keep, keep some reserves in the tank for the second half of the course. Um, that's exactly, you know, that was the strategy I employed and it, it worked out really well. So what, um, what are you looking forward to this year that maybe folks that have been there every year, you know, what, what's get, what's getting you excited about this year? <laughs> Probably not what's going to make everybody else really excited. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about timing, timing accuracy. Um, and we talk a lot about volunteer experience. And so one of the big things I'm thinking through how to communicate this, how to document it, how to share it with runners, all that is we're going to be doing some, some, uh, some surgery on all the cutoff times, uh, for, for this year. Um, so in a lot of ways, we're actually tightening up cutoffs. We're installing cutoffs at A stations that never had them before. Um, so probably to the average person looking at this, they're going to think that we just made the race a lot harder. Uh, so installing cutoffs at the first two aid stations, tightening up three and four and five. Um, and so, but, you know, I think when we really studied the data and we spent a lot of time studying the data, I mean, it was months of it. Um, you know, I think it made a lot of sense for, I think the volunteer experience, you know, we we weren't really going to be cutting off runners. Runners were, um, you know, well beyond these cutoffs as it were. So, um, and none of these runners that we're, you know, what we would, I guess, be cut off would never finish the race to begin with, or maybe not even to the next aid station. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little bit, it's something that I think a lot about. I'm excited about it because I think it's going to make the race much more efficient and a better experience for all the volunteers that come out and spend hours at these aid stations helping us out. Um, but I think, Again, I think anytime we can do something for the volunteers like that, I think it just makes it that much better of an experience for the runners. So, um, you know, and I'm nervous about it, I guess, cause I don't, I don't want to make any runners too upset <laughs> with us, but you know, I think the, the nice part is, is the way it all cascades down now though, is that while we kind of tighten up the front, front end, you know, in you know, 10 minutes here or there kind of thing, you know, we're not making our changes, but, uh, it allowed us to actually extend the last two aid stations cutoffs. Uh, because we found, we found is where people just were never going to make it f- past the front end of the course on the back half. Uh, if we can kind of loosen up the aid station cutoffs, you know, we can, we can find more finishers out of that and, you know, have more people have a successful day. So I'm kind of excited about the sort of the later rally runners. Um, uh, so yeah, 
that's one of the things. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be so excited about it, but you know, I think that's uh, it's not a small effort that we would go through all that and and plan for that and and communicate it. So I think it's going to have a positive effect. You heard it here first. What excites you, Scott? Cutting off runners. <laughs> uh, no, making volunteers. Yeah, Sorry. making making late race volunteers. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yes. No, I think what what you mentioned. Um, one of the important pieces is years of data. And this is not anecdotal, like, oh, nobody ever comes through here after that time. Or I saw one guy, he came in here and he looked like death, but then he totally finished the race and was smiling. Like, no, we, there were, there were efforts made to take both as, as runners of the race will know, you can't leave the aid station without giving somebody your in time and your out time. You know, right, data right. was collected for how long runners were in the aid station. Every runner, every runner over yeah. every year, the hard data is there. So you can see how many people left Naples Valley at 950 <laughs> and made it to the finish line. Newsflash, right. zero, right? Like, right. so. Well, and we, you even went to the extent of, you know, looking at, we look at the time where not only just they make it to the finish line, did they make it how, to Bud Valley? How much further they make did it, they make like, it? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, in the end, I don't think we actually are going to really be eliminating anybody really, right, by these cutoffs. I think the cutoffs are just going to, they are going to be steeper in the front. And that's, so now that the field has been set, um, you know, we are at capacity. We've got a wait list of almost another hundred people. So the runner communications are going to start coming out. And that's, you know, along the lines of, uh, wanting to start planning your base and planning your strategy. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you, something we want to put in their minds pretty early that, that that's going to be happening. And I'll probably be communicating that to the waitlisters too, since a lot of them may be jumping in in June. Yeah. And, and the net of it really is that maybe somebody might miss one or two aid stations that they would have made it to. But right. if that aid station is you left Italy Valley and you made it to patch road. Well, unfortunately, race logistics dictate that you're going to be sitting at patch road for quite some time and you're not going to be having right. a good day, right? You're already at your lowest of your lowest and now you got to get out of patch road. So yeah. like, okay, maybe stop at the lab. There's a lot of resources at the lab, <laughs> right? Like, so that. Well, I can- yeah. And I think this differentiate twisted a little bit. Like I know I, and this has been the nice part about volunteering is that you, you know, you see the styles of other race directors. Right. And I don't think what I do is right. What somebody else does is wrong. Um, but I, you know, what I'm, what I try to consider is we try to consider that runner. I'd like you to get as far as you can get, but there's a cost at that. Like you mentioned, right? Like it's really difficult to pull people out of patch road. Um, you know, or you're holding 25 people up and you are definitely not going to make it to Bud Valley's cutoff. Right. Um, and so for us, I think just considering the amount of volunteers and the, the amount of logistics that go on in the day, I'm you know, just all taking, trying to take it all into consideration where, you know, I've cut, I think I've always been kind of a stickler for cutoffs, except for maybe the last one. You're not. You know? Yeah. Everybody would tell you, everybody that has volunteered for you at the finish line will tell you, you're not necessarily a stickler for all of the cutoffs. Right, right. And that, get to Urbana, you're going to be fine. Yeah. But get to Urbana. 
I'll be forgiving in that last one. Yeah. Get to Urbana. Um, well, so that's, so that is a, an interesting thing to be excited about, but I do think it is, as we talked about how much goes into this, yeah. that's a big change to be making after, you know, what, eight years. Why, why change it? Seven years. Why change it? Right. It's working. Right. You've done it this way right. before. So it is a, a big, exciting thing for somebody that's into race logistics and like the seeing twisted branch grow and change over time. Like, you know, a gnarly yeah. old tree, you know, like, well, you know, that's, you, you mentioned it, right. But it's, it's no small feat to have all that data. Right. And then to have a partner like open split time, um, who helps us with tools to analyze that data. And I think this is from my perspective, this is how the twisted branch grows up. Right. I think year one was kind of like, holy crap, we pulled it off. It happened, um, you know, and then, you know, this is where we're at, right, is we're really trying to put on a responsible, sustainable event that's super fun to be at for everybody involved, you know, and I think that's really ultimately what we want. And, you know, this, this is where a lot of people, some, like, maybe they know it or they don't, but um, like, I don't rest, like, I am not okay until I see the last, like, until the last runner is accounted for. I'm on pins and needles all day long. Like, cause we have had so many really close calls and other ultras around the world in the last two or three years. I mean, there's been people, you know, UTMB had an incident. Uh, there was an incident in China, um, at an ultra, right? So it is as much fun as we want to have. It's also a serious race where people could get lost. People could get injured. Um, and so we're always accounting for, I think, or at least from my perspective, how to mitigate those worst case scenarios so they don't become really bad cases. Um, you know, and that's really where our timing, our runner tracking, our in and out timing, studying the data, tightening up our cutoffs, all that comes into play and selfishly so we can have fun and relax and I'm not so, you know, worried about everybody. So, um, you know, I think that's just sort of my, I guess my view on just the race kind of growing up a little bit, you know, and not just kind of like, let's see what happens, you know, <laughs> also fun, but. That was it, your, that big. was year one. <laughs> that was year one. Oh, well, a lot of planning went into year one, but like there was a lot I learned about and I've learned every year, right. um, you know, and that's relationships with the emergency services team and the fire department, the department of uh, environmental conservation. You know, I've definitely been put through my paces a few times through them, um, you know, in very critical, but also very positive ways. Like, and I think, and I think that helps us kind of strengthen our relationship with all those organizations as well. And, you know, I think that that plays into the running community as well is that, you know, that, that they see not just what I do, but how everybody behaves on race day. Um, and not because I'm dictating it. I, you guys just all, everybody just shows up and, um, uh, you know, and I think it's, it's really kind of put, uh, a really nice light, I think on the running community, you know, across a lot of different organizations and communities and towns and, they, I think they look at it in a much different way. Yeah. It's a serious deal, Scott. Yeah. Well, at least I turn it into one. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's my style. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I no, mean, I, I, I think it's, it is, you take the planning serious and you put all the work in so that the actual event is fun. It's kind of like what we're saying every runner who has signed up should do, right? Like, 
Yeah, try to take your train seriously, you know. I mean... Definitely while you're running all day. But that is the reason, right? You put in all the work. It, and like I joked sort of in the very beginning, right? Like move logistical mountains and manifest complicated endeavors. Like, yeah, it, that's what it looks like. But it's because of the work and the care and the planning. And the like... Yeah, the pins and needles and the sweating over the details and then making it look like it's not any details. It's three, two, one flagging and run to Urbana and get over the mountain. Right. Like, right. There are right. no, there are no details. Just go run. Right. Right. And hopefully that's how people feel out there. Right. Yeah. Like, and you said it earlier, like it doesn't even feel like a race. It just feels like we're all out here running, you know, trying to achieve something or experience something, you know, yeah. and that's all it's, it's really what it is, is like building that stage and then letting everybody make of it what they want and have that experience that they want. But, you know, I don't really want everybody to know how much time we've spent <laughs> analyzing cutoffs, you know, that kind of thing. Well, unless they complain about it, then we want them to know how much time we've spent doing it. Oh, they're going to complain about it. Somebody will complain. No, that's OK. Like, yeah, that all that ends up being good stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it really does. Yep. And then we'll see if the, what the data says in eight more years. Yep. All right, man. Well, thanks. I appreciate you taking the leap back with this, you know, untrained, uh, inert podcast, um, podcaster, I guess. <laughs> um, and let's not have it be, uh, you know, seven and a half, eight years again, huh? Okay. I think that sounds good. All right. Yeah. There you go. A lot of a lot of work went into what you just heard, even though it sounded like we pulled it off flawlessly and we were speaking extemporaneously. There was a lot of things that happened to make that happen. So uh, one of them was you actually sticking around and this thing popping up in your podcast player. So thank you sincerely for listening. And if you do have a minute and I can impose upon you, uh, drop me a line at Chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know why you stuck around. Like, why are you still subscribed? You know, what do you like about this thing? Um, uh, you know, as I mentioned on every episode, I'm always interested in your comments and your feedback on the show. And I'm going to be shaking some things up here in terms of the format, the frequency, the guests, the content, et cetera. I, you know, as Scott and I talked about, gotta make changes when you see something that isn't working and to resist change is silly. So, um, you know, I don't know if this podcast were a child, it'd be like a third grader, right? And like, that's real weird to think about, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Second grade was really tough for me. Like I moved to a completely different side of the city. I, I changed schools. I left my old friends. I didn't have any new friends. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but it's a third grader without any friends. Okay. So like, just think of that. Um, but thanks for sticking with me and, you know, sticking with the podcast during a weird and tumultuous time. Um, and especially like the Patreon supporters, like, I metaphor just a bit too far. You know, I'm settled in my new school. Uh, the neighbor kid was really nice to me the other day on the bus. Like we're excited for learning and new things. So like, thanks. And, uh, I'll be reaching out to Patreon folks shortly. So, 
Um, thank you all for listening, everybody. Thanks for subscribing and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories. And uh, thanks for getting out there to create more stories. Thanks to uh, Scott McGee for taking a leap again. Um, so until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.